0: Here we go. Podcast time, everybody. Mike Tech Studios! Podcast episode number 25. How much RAM do you really need? Alrighty, righty righty thank you everybody for tuning in to the next fabulous episode of the mike tech studios podcast this is michael midnight so today 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 we're going to be talking about ram probably not the most exciting topic to talk about but this has been something discussed for the past couple of weeks on and off and you know what this is This is a good conversation to have. I think this is something worth talking about, worth digging deeply into, at least enough for an episode. And at the end of the day, maybe you'll get a good takeaway as to how much RAM you really do need for your particular production or your workflow or your usage. All right, so we're going to do the boring thing first. I'm going to give you the definition, the actual literal definition. And this is going to be coming directly from the Kingston Memory website. So, RAM... Random Access Memory. Provides fast access and temporary storage for data in computers. RAM sits in between the processor and permanent data storage, like a hard drive or solid state drive. When a computer is turned on, the processor requests data, such as the operating system, from the hard drive or solid state drive and loads this into RAM. RAM is thousands of times faster than even the fastest solid-state drives. So having more RAM capacity to hold applications and data near the processor helps make computing quick and efficient. All right, so that's the official definition directly from Kingston themselves. Now, what is this really in, I guess, day-to-day terms, right? All right, so the best way I thought about it is RAM is like having extra arms to hold resources to finish a task, right? So you're, you're working on something. Let's say, for example, you're going from the grocery store to the car. Instead of making several trips with two hands, if you have six hands, like a freaked out Spider-Man, you get that stuff done real quick, right? Or let's take it a step further. You're going into that car and it's a two-door car. A little bit more difficult, takes a little bit more time to get that type of work done, get the groceries in the car. Now, if you have four doors, if you have six doors, if you have crazy amount of doors, (laughs) doors all over, you have a car, door, car, right? Makes it that much more quicker. And in conjunction with the amount of car seats that you're going to have, like rows of seats equals amount of resources. So I don't have to worry about throwing them all in the back. I can organize them nice and neat on the seats themselves. And I can go, hey, my frozen stuff's over here. I can get that right in the refrigerator real quick. I get my projects done quicker, I'm more efficient, everybody's happy, win-win, right? All right, so for RAM, we have different amounts of required RAM for different processes. This is talking from a student's Chromebook doing schoolwork, school papers, all the way up to the render farms doing the newest Square Enix Final Fantasy 7 Remake or even the new Toy Story 47, whatever they're up to now, right? So the good question is, really, how much do you need, right? All right, so another thing I want to bring up real quick, just before we get into that, is CPU vulnerabilities, and the ones that have been exploited or found out or that you've probably read in the news in the past couple of years. Now, to this time, I think the most important ones that have come up have been the Spectre and Meltdown CPU vulnerabilities. Those have been Intel-based vulnerabilities, so plus one for Team Red AMD. Uh, To my understanding, I don't believe they have anything like that vulnerability-wise for their chipsets. Anyway, I say this because when you're working on your workflows, and this, again, really just depends how you have it set up. So if you're like me, you have a hundred tabs open. You're jumping back and forth between maybe your Adobe products. You're working on a production like this. Maybe you're a audio designer, audio engineer, right? And you want to have a bunch of sound samples available at once. Maybe you're doing AutoCAD and you want to have the availability of having that real smooth rendering and zooming in and out of your actual property that you're working on. You're working in 4K for your media or for your video. But let's just take a step back here. Let's just say that you are, let's say you're somebody working in an office, right? You have a simple little desktop. You're doing your day-to-day work and you want to be able to do it efficiently without your system slowing down. Now, there are three things that are going to make your system slow. Number one is working from a mechanical drive. If you're working on something that is not a solid state drive, you're going to feel it. Number two is actually going to be the amount of RAM that you have in the system. If you have anything less than 8 gigabytes of RAM, you're going to feel it, especially in Windows 10. And as of this time, I believe the newest operating system as of this recording on Mac OS is Catalina. Most folks are probably still working in Mojave and Linux is Linux. They're on their own. They know what they're doing, so I'm not even going to cover that. All right, but the third thing that really you don't have any control over in the office setting. If you're just a normal, typical employee is going to be your internet access. That is how quickly that you're able to access documents, download and upload files and content from your browser. I like to have a hundred tabs open, right? I'm working in Chrome, for example. I wanna have my email up. I wanna have the specs up for maybe the next show. And I wanna have social media up and ready to go to post these shows. I have all this stuff up, right? Well, if you ever take a look in the activity manager on the Mac side or your task manager on the PC side, and you take a look at the resource usage for Chrome in itself, you realize this thing is a behemoth. It's using a lot, a lot, a lot of RAM. So why is this important? Well, Spectre and Meltdown, like I had mentioned before, these are hardware-level chipset vulnerabilities. These are not things that you can fix in post. This is like somebody coming to your business and physically adjusting that CPU. So what companies have been doing, unfortunately, is doing, well, I guess it's a good thing because we're we're not getting uh, hacked further, is that they're issuing out software and app-wide patches. Now it's great because we're not having that vulnerability issue. The problem is, is that it's a very, very resource heavy solution. So remember the car example that I was giving you before. Let's say for example, you are only able to get in your car from the passenger side back seat. Well, you need to drive. But every time that you need to get in your car, you gotta climb through the window, you gotta climb through the back seat and come to the front seat to start your car up. That's counterintuitive. That doesn't make any sense. Well, that is essentially what these companies have been able to do to patch out the issue, but unfortunately at a cost. So when you take a look at these task managers and activity monitors, you'll see just how much RAM that something uh, a browser such as Chrome is actually using. It uses a lot. So originally, I wanna say maybe two years ago, you'd be able to get away with eight gigabytes of RAM successfully without too much issue. I would always recommend comfortably just to be able to have as many tabs as you want open, you know, within reason, within judgment, and still be able to have several applications open without having to close everything. I would always recommend 16 gigabytes of RAM. Why is that? The more resource, the better. So most of those office level machines, they really max out at 32 gigabytes of RAM. But you'll have certain workstations, again render farms, and even servers that go as far as 3 or 4 terabytes of RAM as of this time. Now that's completely overkill for I want to say 90% of folks that are doing day to day operations. So if we break it down into categories, so let's just say that we have somebody who's doing just normal, normal office work, right? You have your email, doing some web surfing, maybe maybe you're downloading and managing some photos, maybe some music, things of that nature, watching a little TV, right? You have your Netflix set up or something of that nature. I'd honestly recommend eight gigabytes of RAM as a bare minimum. You're going to see requirements System requirements that are going to say four, maybe six gigabytes of RAM. I can guarantee you for a fact that if you're going to do normal day to day stuff on Google Chrome, Firefox has always been resource heavy anyway. You're going to feel it if you have six gigabytes of RAM. It's just there's no other way of saying it. My recommendation is obviously the more the better. So if you can afford 16, 32 gigabytes of RAM, if you have desktops that have 64 gigabytes of RAM, by all means, utilize it. And it also actually depends on the operating system that you use. On the Mac platforms, Mac likes to, or, or Apple OS, the Apple's OS, excuse me, likes to grab all the resources at once, right? From the get-go, the system goes, all right, give me all of this, I'm gonna divvy it out as I see necessary. So it starts off high and it trickles down low resource-wise. So it's kind of like if you're dealing a deck, a deck of cards. Once you get low on the deck of cards, the dealer's looking for more cards to deal out to the players. Whereas Windows, you're on your own. You're actually going from 0% resources ramping up to 100. But on the Windows side of things, as you're ramping up to 100, your system starts freezing because it's running out of resources and it can't pull from anywhere else. They utilize it in a similar way, but just in completely different directions, if you will. So as a general recommendation for office use, I've really recommended now, well, I say now, but we're probably looking at about a year or so now, 16 gigabytes or more of RAM for Windows and Mac users. Now, this is just standard work. Now, if you're doing more graphic design, video editing, things of that nature, the bare, the bare minimum that I'm going to recommend that I have seen work successfully, not only in my own workflows, but for others who I've helped set up systems with as well, is going to be 32 gigabytes. Honestly, that's gonna be the bare minimum on any machine that I work on gives me plenty of tabs to be able to be open on any internet browser. I can have multiple applications open at the same time. And really, I don't feel too many hiccups. I have enough resources to do what I need to do comfortably. And honestly, like I said, from the from the original three points that make your system slow, I don't think most folks that Maybe they're not computer savvy, maybe they are. Maybe they don't realize the impact of what RAM can do or will do for their systems. Bumping up that capacity really makes your system a little bit snappier. All right, so now we have maybe slightly more power users, right, we have managers, we have folks that are using the full suite of Office products, they're doing some Photoshop work, they're doing some light video editing, things of that nature. Absolute recommendation, 32 gigabytes of RAM or more. Absolute. There's no way that I would say 16 gigabytes or less. You're going to have a fun time. It can be done. So let me let me back up for a second. You are able to utilize any. I I, I ran Photoshop way back in the day. Photoshop Elements. I think it was Photoshop 4 Elements. I ran that on, I think, two gigabytes of RAM. I hated myself for doing it, but I did it to show people that I could do it. I think I had a crazy amount of video RAM that I was caching on the hard drive to be able to do this. You can do it. It's just not going to be efficient or in the long term practical. So when you're working on a project, you have a new client and all of a sudden your system is crashing because you're trying to save a few dollars on RAM, it makes no sense. All right, so, and as we ramp ourselves up to the corporate aspect of things, so this is this is folks that are running multiple VMs, virtual machines, servers, you know, where, where we went from the office or student setup We've gone to the professional user. I'm kind of lumping in a media content creator, gamer, things of that nature. They're kind of about the same user, different reasonings. You're gonna have different resources in a different way, but you're going to have the same requirements. I believe the enthusiast level graphics card, RAM, things of that nature, the more that you can get the better. And it's always going to be the case with computing. But when we're working on the server side of things again, so remember how we were talking about the more doors that you have and the more seats the more that you're able to do. So in a corporate setting, obviously that's really up to the user. That's really up to their instance, what it is that they're utilizing for their project and for their workflow. So this is not uncommon to see as low as 64 gigabytes of RAM starting out for these types of workflows. I personally use a machine that has 64 gigabytes of RAM for content creation and video editing, simply because like we talked about before, when you start using a lot of resources, you need it. So I believe the limitations as of this time for right now, and then again, this is based on the Kingston Technology website, which I will link in the show notes below. It does state that Windows 10 and Windows 8 and 8.1, as of this time, the max RAM capacities that we're looking at that are available for motherboards that you can access as of this time or purchase on the market are gonna be anywhere from 128 gigabytes to 512 gigabytes of RAM. Now the 512 capacity is going to be specific to the professional and enterprise licenses only. Windows 7 is clocking in at 192 gigabytes of maximum RAM. And ironically enough, they don't seem to have anything specific to the Mac OS operating system, but I can safely say that you can see up to 256, or I believe there might have been instances of 512 gigabytes of RAM being utilized in a Mac environment. Now, Apple did just release the new 2019 Mac Pro, and now there's ridiculous amounts of RAM, 1.1 and a half terabytes of RAM, and for the professionals, again, for the enterprise level users, that's a requirement, especially for server setups. So honestly, as far as for the RAM use, it just depends on your actual need. My personal recommendation, personal recommendation minimum requirement 16 gigabytes of ram so that has been in my experience and really my recommendation the amount of ram that you should be looking at using in your own workflow but i'm curious if you do see this on your social media feed or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast if you are able to comment below what is your workflow what's your setup how much ram do you use and why why is it beneficial are you looking for more do you have too much? You can never have too much RAM, right? (laughs) Anyway, thanks for tuning into this episode. Feel free to check out some of the other topics that we have. We have SEO. We have statements and agreements as far as for your statement of work and how to get paid and even something as interesting as Hackintosh. Anything that you want to take a look in our back catalog, feel free to do so. Appreciate your time for listening. Those that have, this is Michael Midnight. Thanks again for another episode of the Mike Tech Studios podcast. Enjoy, guys.